0: Us tonight, and uh, we're doing another story-based learning uh, episode today because, well, we kind of liked it. We thought it was a good one uh, the first time. We want to do it again. So, hi, Alan. Hey. Uh, So this is a story from your career, um, a place where you kind of look back and found that maybe you could have done things differently, or you've learned quite a bit from it. Um, So, what do you got? Bear your soul.
1: It was a. Busy time of the year for the emergency department. Yeah, I think it was uh, December, like late December, in and around the time of the holidays. So people are just, you know, it's uh, flu season was at its apex. Uh, People were uh, rushing here and there. People that hadn't seen their grandparents in a while saw them and they're like, whoa, they're actually really sick. Um, Family doctor's offices are closed. Access to primary care is limited trying to get into your, um, specialist already, which is difficult, but they're gone for the holidays. And then you needed advice for your, um, your atrial fibrillation medications, but it wasn't available. You know, it's that nebulous time where it's just busy.
0: Totally. It's it's a total surge
1: time of year. And I just want to point out, you said nebulous. Kate, continue. So, and, uh, I was working in the emergency department at the time and I was working at triage. And it was it was a busy it was a very busy day, um, and I th- this department has a fair number of beds, uh, over forty, and uh, the census uh, of total amount of patients in the in the department swelled to well over one hundred and twenty that day. So uh, it was just three times the size of what the department was actually supposed to accommodate, and it was easy to fall into the trap because uh, of. complacency because a lot of the cases that you were that i was seeing that day were runny noses flu-like illness maybe some shortness of breath that was like a uh, bronchitis maybe some um prescription
0: renewals yeah cellulitis
1: fall uh, because you slipped on the ice you know that that type of stuff that was uh that we were seeing all day and um it it was relentless like it was one after another one after another it was a very busy day and it was probably about um, halfway through my shift when I had a guy come up to me uh, with his wife. And, um, you know, he came up to me uh, w- when I called his name to come up to get triaged. He was actually had already been waiting to be secondary triaged. So he already had got a critical look got his name entered and stuff. So he had already been like pre-registered is what, like, you know, and, um, so he had been waiting 30 minutes for a formal triage. Cause this is how busy it was. And anyway, he comes up with his wife and his wife's holding him up, Ooh. like walking in, you know, like wife is like holding, right, him. Right, right. but he's walking. Okay. And, uh, I saw this and instantly like, my frontal lobe was already saying, uh, not, sorry, not my frontal lobe. My brainstem was saying, I don't like this already. He's needy um this is so dramatic i don't have time for this it's so busy it kind of smelled like bullshit yeah unfortunately unfortunately right and my my frontal lobe wasn't working because i was all pure instinct at the time it was like fight or flight mode because you were trying to really sort out and find the sick ones amongst the sea of ill people so I, i triaged this uh this man and um he tells me he's got a headache shortness of breath a cough chest pain Abdominal pain, diarrhea, sometimes he's vomiting, sometimes he's got rigors, sometimes he has an earache, sometimes he's not peeing, and sometimes he's peeing all the time. Okay, yep, okay, yep. I'm hearing all of this, and he's telling this to his wife to tell me in English. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, uh, is this just man flu syndrome? Um, Which is a real thing. And I took his vital signs. And uh, his 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 blood pressure was ninety over forty five. Okay. Okay. Heart rate was uh, ninety five. Okay. SpO two was ninety nine. Respirate was eighteen. I counted.
0: Because you're a actually good nurse, yes. And temp
1: was thirty six point five. Okay. Okay. So I so based on this, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to pick the the greatest evil of them all and say it's chest pain. We'll do our typical. Um, Uh, diagnostics on them and we'll go from there so i got a timely ecg it was normal um so instead of uh so my failure in this circumstances was that i delivered patient care not for the patient but i delivered it for the department if that makes any sense so i fell into the trap of um triaging the patient based on the department's needs and its environment so uh when uh we when my charge nurse and i ran the board and we're like who uh we've got one bed going uh, clearing up someone's going upstairs we need to fill it with someone who do you have i came across this man's name i thought maybe this this guy's got such a weird story in sketchy vitals i should put him in but I was like, oh, but then this one is going to be, this one's a stroke. And another one is this. Another one's that one. I said, you know what? He's probably okay. He probably has the flu. And another one went, uh, and another patient went in. So you really, you had a lot of very sick individuals yeah. chilling out in the waiting room. Like, let's be honest. He was, at, it, it was like the flu. It, honestly, it looked like the flu. Three hours later, uh, I'm looking for his name on the tracking board and I can't find it. So I look in, and this is in the waiting room. So I look to the uh, the acute care area in that filter, and I actually see him in the acute care area. I'm like, whoa! I didn't I didn't put him in. Who put him in? And I'm just, and I'm that type of person that wants to follow up to see what what was the decision that uh, caused that escalation in care. You know, because you, you need to learn, right? For sure. So I went in and looked, and there it was a full on code. Like there it was a full on medical arrest with 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 every resource being thrown at this person um and then i thought to myself okay like first and foremost uh what could i have done to have prevented this and it turns out you know in retrospect there was nothing that could have happened um there was already every other condition comorbidity there that was causing to this that nothing would have would have actually helped because all the timely things were already done Uh, nothing would have changed in the moment it was a but and i don't want to and i don't want to downplay that i didn't feel like awful about it i you i'm a human of course i yeah, feel yeah, awful yeah. about that but uh, so the, the the person side like the emotional side i'll put it to the side for a moment but what i what i want to speak to about what what i took away from this was that anchoring bias is a bitch no doubt and it will come back and bite you in the ass. So the thing that I, the reason why I share this story and I I spoke with the the man's wife to to, for permission to, 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 share the story is that, um, I want to share this story so people can learn from my failure about how anchoring changes how you see and hear and interpret things. So, when you think that it's probably something and it it walks and talks and sounds like a duck, it's probably a duck. It probably is, but it might not be as well until it isn't Yeah, until it isn't. And you want to limit the chances that it's as, as extreme as my case per se. Um, even though it wouldn't have changed anything in, in the outcome. Um, it's just that piece of anchoring that I, I never knew that there was a label for it. And it's anchoring bias and, You know, what's
0: interesting is so with that, with angry bites, I totally agree. That's exactly what it sounds like. And the interesting piece that I think I heard from a colleague once and I've not done this, but I think it, it actually could have helped in this situation is giving handoff of that patient. If you gave handoff to another colleague and without putting any personal view into it and you just hear the words coming out, you might actually hear something different coming back but it's really easy to be like, oh, no, no, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is He was talking to his wife to the talking forum and he looked this way and whatnot. But if you just said it factually, you might be, oh, man, no,
1: that guy is, yeah, that guy needs to be seen next. He's next. What I've changed about my practice is now when I hear a story that I think is too good to be true of what it is, but there's just this little bit, that's nagging at you, I will actually run the story by someone else and be like, can you look at them and just make sure that I'm not missing something. I mean, we're, not, we're not missing something on the differential. That's the key. Um, and often you'll find uh, our physician colleagues do something similar. What's uh, I work with, a, um, with an ICU doc um, where we were treating this one patient in the ICU for they had been there for about three weeks for a condition and it was always the same same issues being treated hypotension anxiety sleep it was always the th- same three issues until it was a nude physician that came on that day and said "Um, and, and a similar report was given no the patient's not sleeping because of this we tried the clonidine we tried the zolpidem, blah 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 and then um, uh, the physician said you know I think that we need to stop and think for a moment. We've tried several things. Our colleagues have tried several things. It's not working. Is this actually a sleep issue or is this an undiagnosed underlying delirium or psychiatric issue that we're missing? Because the ICU or emerge or wherever you work is ripe with bias. And we need to check ourselves with that biasing and keep the differential wide. Um, and so, and then, so when I heard that at a later day, it was kind of like, confirmation bias he's saying things that i want to hear now that i've experienced what i've experienced but i think that it's important to talk about how how anchoring bias can really change how we see things in the world um and especially for uh for practice so that's something that i I really take on i'm very cognizant of anchoring now awesome man good story
0: good learning i like it Well, thanks again for uh, checking out uh, recess tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.